0: Thank you guys for uh, joining me tonight. This microphone is on mute in the house, but it's actually being uh, recorded. So it might seem funny to you for me to talk into a microphone and not hear anything. But the people that will watch the video that weren't able to be here, it's the way for the, the best way for them to get uh, aud- uh, audio clearly. So uh, we do have Dr. Sherry joining us on Zoom. Hey, Dr. Sherry, uh, here's everybody out here. Uh, I'll just show you. T- t- there they are. They're all here. And John, if you can just, um, I'll bring you back up in a minute here when we when we go to our first point. But thank you for playing. Aren't you grateful for John always playing, always always ushering in the presence? How about how about Mickey yesterday leading worship? Come on, somebody. What what a powerful time that we had in the presence of the Lord. More for you. Um, Welcome. So glad you're here. You come on up. Approach the throne room. We want everyone here to feel what it's like uh, to be on the stage every single week. So I'm going to lean this like somewhere else. Maybe she'll be able to still hear me. You're going to sit next to Charles. Um, There are there's a couple of reasons why you're here. A um, couple of reasons. First of all, it's been a really, really tough year as a staff. And we figured that we would start the new year by... Um, widening our net as to how we develop leaders. And so we know that there's a trickle-down effect that comes from leadership. We know that if the leadership net gets wider, the church gets better. And so I, I know that if I only teach a small group of people, then the the, the 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 trickle effect is slower. But if I invite you in, if I can include you in, which I believe to be the top-tier level of volunteers then the church can move faster because you get information more quickly does this make sense like if I can widen the net then the speed at which we can grow can accelerate this is what we used to do in the early days of the church there was no paid staff I'd come off my shift from Panera bread and we would all be coming off of work and we would be meeting either in my house or another church that loaned us a conference room uh, we weren't None of us were paid, and so this was normal for me. This is uh, typical and standard for me to make sure everyone knows, like, we're all volunteer staff. No one no one got paid, and that's kind of the approach that I'm taking to this year. It's like this is ground zero for us as a church. Uh, what has happened has happened. Those who have moved on with uh, my heart, it, though it saddens me, I have to stay committed to the calling on my life and the calling on this church's life, Though I mourn the loss of Moses, there's still a promised land to uh, get to, you know? And so if the people of God stayed wandering in the wilderness, mourning Moses too long, they would have never listened to Joshua and succeeded at that point. So um, I want to just kind of walk you through a couple of things that I think are so important. God gave me four things to focus on this year as a, as a pastor And only three fourths of those things apply to you. So, um, I'm going to tell you all four of those things so that if you want to leave early, you can, I always give people the option to leave early. Like, okay, I got all the notes. That's all I needed, but you might miss out on something else that, that happens spontaneously. Um, so he gave me he gave me three he gave me four areas. We're going to touch on three of them. The first one is to preach the gospel. And so that one I don't feel the need to to preach the gospel tonight. Okay? I feel like in this circle hopefully our vetting process is decent enough to where there's at least somewhat of a relationship with the Lord. I'm not saying that everyone is, you know, memorized the pentateuch or Greek and Hebrew but I'm not going to preach the gospel tonight. Tonight is not about the gospel, but that's one of my priorities for this year is to never stop preaching the gospel. It was preaching the gospel that brought us here, and I believe we'll be preaching the gospel that we'll do until Jesus comes back. It's our only objective. So number one was for me to preach the gospel, but the next three are the things that I'm meant to lead. I I, I have to pastor the heart of the Christian. Pastor the heart of the Christian. I need to lead the mind of the leader and I need to equip the hands of the servants. I need to pastor or shepherd the heart of the Christian. I need to lead the mind of the leader and I need to equip the hands of the servant. And I think that's kind of what we're going to do tonight. I've broken up tonight into three basically blocks. The heart of the Christian, the head of the leader, and the hands of the servant. And it all starts with the heart. Uh, I've been watching my kids' teeth lately. I don't know if your parents have ever watched your kids' teeth and been like, oh, God, it looks expensive. Every day they wake up and they're not going in the right direction, you're like, oh, God. Because I had braces for three and a half years, and so they're probably genetically disposed to some sort of catastrophe. An expensive one at that. But braces are not life or death. Braces are plastic surgery. I'm more concerned if there's a heart issue. I'm most concerned if there's a heart issue. Like if my kid has shortness of breath or if my kid has trouble breathing or if my kid is passing out or if my kid is uh, having irregular heartbeat. I'm not uh, making a financial plan as to when I will visit the heart doctor. I'm going to the heart doctor no matter what the cost. Why? Because it's a life or death matter. Braces, people have lived their whole lives without braces. But you cannot live your life without a heart. We cannot live our lives, we cannot be leaders without hearts. And if I'm honest, I could become a professional pastor with no heart. I could become a plastic surgeon that just fixes the surface level of people, but it has nothing to do with the life or death of their soul. And so one of the objectives as a leader, one of the objectives, my objective, our objective, is let's start at the heart of everyone that we lead. Let's start at the heart. Because no sense in making you wear a lanyard, making sure you've got green on Planning Center, making sure you're confirmed, making sure you're up to date with all of your training and background check— if you don't have a life-giving heart. Uh, the, w- the way that I, that I put it is, is, like the heart surgeon has very little regard for the alignment of your teeth. There's no heart surgeon, when you're laying on their table, it's like, man, you probably should get braces before I do this heart surgery. They're not like, hey, you should probably fix that nose. It's a little crooked. They are concerned with the life or death of the innermost being. Now, the issue is this. We can see your teeth, we can see your nose, but a lot of times we can't see your heart. And so as a leader, we have to get good at deciphering and understanding and asking right questions to get to people's heart. As a matter of fact, we're going to do an entire series. I'm not doing this series. Pastor Dave is going to do this series called How's Your Heart? It's one question that we haven't asked a lot around here, but I want to begin to ask this year. How's your heart? How's your heart? Because I know this, uh, cardio cardioversion is a popular procedure that I've been reading up on, especially after looking at all this thing. You know when you like go to look at a car, then that's the only car you see on the road? It's like when I started thinking about the heart, that's all I can read about now is the heart. And cardioversion is when they stop your heart temporarily and they restart your heart so that it can be in the right rhythm. And I feel like what COVID has done to our church is it's cardioversion for the heart of our church. It's stopped it, but we haven't died. We're just restarting it with new blood, with, with a new covenant. And, and when you restart your heart on the right pace with the right blood, then you can be healthy again. But if you're going a mile a minute and your heart is not at the right pace or if the blood you have is not good, then you need a blood transfusion and you need to reset your heart. And the, the, they pump blood into the restarted heart. And with new blood you can fight off a spirit of unforgiveness, right? When you, when you start your heart off right again, like as of today, we say no to a spirit of unforgiveness. If there's bitterness in your heart, we say no to that because in my new heart, I'm not letting bad blood into my new heart. Pastor Sam preached about this yesterday. You don't allow old wine into new wineskins. I can't allow uh, anger or an offense any of that can't come into my new heart. And so if I get a transformed heart, if I'm getting a new heart as a leader, and if we're looking to help people get to a new heart, then what we have to do is know how to get there. And I don't know of a faster way. I don't know of a faster way uh, to get to the heart than to get into relationship with the father. If If you watch a child's heart change, it's when they're closest to their father. You want to know why the hearts of young people sometimes are bitter, cold, and rebellious? It's because a lot of these young people aren't growing up with fathers. You put a child with their father, their heart automatically heals. It's a natural healing. We all know this verse, Luke 6, 45. It says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. The evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For it is out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Isaiah 29, 13 is, so the Lord says, these my people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. I, I, I think about the issue of burnout. Burnout is not a scheduling issue. Burnout is never I got scheduled too much. Burnout is never I'm bored of being on the worship team. or Burnout is always a, a matter of the heart. It's always a matter of the heart. It's not even like you have sin in your heart. Just sometimes your heart isn't in the right place to be able to serve. Now, we say, oh, I'm just serving too much. I need to step back. And that's what you'll hear. But that, that's really code speak for my heart is hurting. That's really, it's not really like, hey, I need to take a break from serving. It's too much, too much on my schedule. It's true. But what it is in all actuality is it's a heart issue. Their heart is hurt in some way. It's not getting new blood. It's not getting life blood. So you are responsible as the leader for the condition of the hearts of the people that you lead. I am taking personal responsibility for your hearts. And I haven't done this before. I've been in entrepreneur mode. If you know me, for the past nine years, this church has been up and to the right. We've never had a down year. In in we merged these churches and it accelerated. It was like putting gasoline, diesel fuel on a fire. It was unbelievable, the miracle that happened. But this year has been like a, a heart check. Haven't you? I mean, you've been in all the elders meetings where we've seen all the numbers. And it's like, there's nothing to celebrate except for the hearts of those that are left. <laughs> right? I mean, there ain't no dollars to celebrate. We got some baptisms here and there, but, you know. We, I have to, I'm taking personal responsibility for your heart. That's why we prayed for so long beforehand. That's why I don't want to start a meeting off with, uh, how, how, how do we get more people in the building, or how do we get more volunteers to serve? All of those things are important, but they can only flow from a healthy heart. They can only flow from a healthy heart. So how do we heal a broken heart? Well, we, the fastest way is to partake in relationship with the Father. So here's what I want to do. John, I want you to play, and uh, I want to serve you communion as for this first segment, I just want to have the privilege of serving your community. It's sanitized, it's all one packet. So all you have to do is just grab one packet. How awesome is that? It's like clean. You don't have to drink out of the same goblet or anything. So go ahead and prepare your element. You can open up the, the cup, open up the bread. I'm serving you in this old old school AG uh, y'all, don't, y'all don't even know about none of this. Y'all don't know about these gold plates. I don't know about these gold plates. these old school. Praise God. All right. Everyone have an element? So the reason we're taking communion tonight is because when we take communion on Sunday, I want you to be able to minister out of the overflow of an already healed heart. So instead of all of us taking communion while we're supposed to be leading, we're going to be taking communion and leading them while we lead so that you can say, I've already received forgiveness, I've already already received remission for my sins. Now on Sunday, when I show up and I look at those kids workers in the eye that are stressed out and they can't find the wipes anywhere, they, you know they the tags aren't printing right, the Bluetooth iPads aren't working. I know all the problems, you know, I get it. They, the four people call out on Sunday morning; they always do. They never tell you on Thursday, which would be convenient. It's always Saturday night at nine thirty, you know. Not this week. But you can go in already covered by the blood. Your heart can be postured towards the things of the Lord. It's so important that as a leader, we go ahead, we go before and we say, okay, uh, my heart is going to be primed and ready to take people into worship, to meet some first-time guests, to love on them at the at the table, to to meet them at party with the pastor, to protect them and keep them safe. Whatever it is that you do can only come after your heart has been made whole. I can't express that enough, how, how little influence, emphasis I had put on a healthy heart and now that everything has been stripped away from us this year how it's the only thing that I really wish I would have cared about before because everything would have flown flowed from that and I probably could have saved a lot of relationships that I lost this year. I probably could have saved a lot of broken relationships that out of my pastoral desire, immaturity is probably what it is, uh, that I lost and I just I don't want to lose that anymore. Like, I I would hate to look around this room three months from now and be like, oh, well, so-and-so left the church, they left angry, and they left angry. It's going to be hard for you to leave angry now because I'm going to make sure that your heart is whole. And so you won't be leaving because your heart is whole. You might find another reason. Maybe there's some theological differences. Maybe someone else in the church made you mad. But you will not be able to say, Pastor Mike did not love me from my heart. He did not pursue me from my heart. And that's, like, I'm not going to just brush off the dust and say you can go so let's thank the lord for jesus thank the lord for the new blood i love that he says this is a new blood new blood in my new heart where our heart is going to be restarted tonight and we thank you for that lord we thank you for the blood that covers all of our sin all of my mess all of all of my rebellion all of my deficiencies We thank you for that. And we give you glory, honor, and praise God. We ask that by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, cover every sickness, every disease. God, if there's bitterness in our hearts, brokenness in our hearts, help us, Lord. We ask for forgiveness. We know that you are able to forgive. We just ask for it, Lord. Heal our heart. Heal our heart. Heal our hearts. God, if there's anything deep down in our hearts that needs to be healed, may, may the, the, the breaking of this bread and the drinking of this juice, may it do the work that only it can do. It says that on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, he broke it, he gave thanks for it. He said, this is my body which has been broken for you. Every time you eat, do this and remember it to me. Let's take the bread together. Thank you, Lord. On the same night after supper, he took the wine and he said, this is my blood. It establishes a new covenant. Every time you drink, do this in remembrance of me. Thank you for the blood, Lord. Cover us, God. We need your covering. We need your covering. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's drink together. Thank you, Father. Heal our hearts. It says that Mary kept these things in her heart. After Jesus was born, she held them close to her heart. I just pray that the Father would reveal to you his words over you, signs, wonders, miracles, promises that he's given you this year. I pray you'd be able to lead out of a healed heart, out of a whole heart, out of a settled heart, out of a heart that is covered by the blood of Jesus. It says that when John the Baptist prepared the way, it says they considered these things in their hearts before they believe. I I pray that if you have any doubt that God is able, that your heart would be healed to know for a fact that he is the one that came to take away the sins of the world. Lord, thank you for this special time. Heal our hearts. As as a team, I pray you would unify our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. Thank you, John. So, the heart of the Christian—that's our responsibility. the the third The second thing, the the second thing of the three things, the third thing of the four things, but it's technically just three things tonight. Um, this is number two. The heart of the Christian, but also the head of the leader. Like the Bible talks about renewing your mind as a leader, renewing your mind as a Christian. And I think that if we think the way that we thought, we'll never do what God has called us to do in the future. Our thinking has to change. If anything has accelerated our thinking, it's COVID-19. We used to think that our kids had to go to school, but we, we we now know that there's another option. I wonder how many college students will never go back to an in-person experience. Now that their laundry is being done for them, now that their, now that their mom is cooking food for them. I mean, they, they, they probably went for one semester, came back home and said, why in the world would I pay this much money when I could live in her basement, have Cheetos in my chest hair, and just do class virtually? <laughs> because crisis will change the way you think, right? Running out of money will change the way you think. You get really creative with your recipes when you're at the end of the month. You know, when there's more month than there is money, you start to look at that pantry with different eyes. You start to think differently about that can of beans. You start to think differently about those tortillas that are a little stale. You start to think differently in crisis. And what we have to do as leaders is use our minds. I was working with a guy that does a lot of manual labor the other day. And I said, do you think we're going to make it as a church? And he said, oh, pastor, they don't pay me to think. That's what he said. He said, I work with my hands. And if you were to ask me why do I get paid here at Focus Church, it's not to preach. It's to think. As a leader, preaching is the overflow. Preaching is free. I would do preaching for free. They pay us, they pay me to make hard decisions, to think about the future. So what do I spend most of my time doing? I spend most of my time thinking. I even wrote it on a sticky note inside my little binder. I wrote, you get paid to think. I don't get paid to set up chairs. All that's fine and I'll do it. I don't get paid to organize um, refreshments. All that's fine. But as a leader, those are results of getting paid to think. This church grew because of the grace of God and the spirit of God and the glory of God, but also because I could see it in my head before it ever happened in, in the reality. Right? I had a picture in my mind. But if you can't renew your mind, you can't see yourself out of your current situation. Have you ever met that person? They've never moved on from their current level of thinking. They live in the last thought they had, and they can't think beyond where they currently are. And vision, will fill you up with new thoughts. And so if you say, what should I be thinking about? I'm glad you asked. Two things that you should be thinking about as a leader. And, and, and when I say thinking, I'm not just saying thinking while you're at meetings. I'm saying you as a leader are thinking while you're driving the car. You're thinking while you're at home You know, after, after dinner. You're thinking about the church. That's why you're here. You're here because you think about the church more than Sunday mornings. I know you do. That's why you're here on, on this stage. You think about, number one, the people we serve, so if God gives you uh, uh, someone drops into your heart, uh, I have a list printed on my desk of people that just God always puts on my heart. And I just try to always reach out to them, always try to care for them, always try to love on them. The people that we serve, we're thinking about the people that we serve. If God puts a picture of someone in your mind, you better text them, you better call them, you better video message them. Do something because He put them. He put that space, that margin of of brain space, with them, with their picture for a purpose. Don't, don't waste the pictures that God shows you in your mind as a leader. I've learned to never waste a picture. If God shows me Denise Kiker, who sits back there on the right-hand side, who recently lost her husband, David Kiker, if he shows me a picture, I'm going to call her. Why? Because I don't know why, but she needs to call me. The other day, God showed me a picture. He said, you need to hand that guy uh, the money in your wallet. I said, you sure? It's Christmas time, got a lot of gifts to buy. He said, hand him the money in your wallet. And I do a lot of Facebook Marketplace, so I cash on me, you know? <laughs> I said, okay, but I'm not going to waste the thinking space that God might be trying to do through me. So I gave the money. Why? Because my mind belongs to the Lord just like my heart belongs to the Lord. Now, if my heart doesn't belong to the Lord, I can't think straight. So you have to get your heart right first. But once your heart is right and whole and healed, then he's going he's gonna to go for your mind. And you're going to say, well, why, why do we always check into kids that way? Couldn't we check into kids a different way? It's the, the, the people we serve and the problems you solve. Those are the two things you need to be thinking about. Does the sound always have to be like that or could it be different? Or do we have to do this style of worship or could it be different? Or maybe the safety team, do, do we have to do our, you know? You're solving problems. We did a whole session one day, I think it was two or three weeks where we talked about the complex problems that our staff is called to solve. That's what we do for a living. We solve complex problems. How do we meet the demands of those who are high risk and want to wear a mask and those who are uh, ready to get the virus and recover from it and everyone in between, right? We we pastor both people, right? And so that's a complex problem. We serve people and we solve problems. That's what you do. If you ask me what you do, you solve the problem on your off time and bring the solution once you've got it. Now, this is not a team to bring the problems because we already know what they are. I need you to bring the solutions. So someone brought to me the solution. They said, Pastor, what if we did a one service that was masked so that people could have a choice? I said, I like that idea. I'd be willing to try it. Now, it's fine that 13 people show up to 9 a.m. It's all good. At least we're giving them a choice, right? And at this stage, there's no child, child care. I almost said it. There's no focused kids ministry during this time. And so it's okay. But you get paid. We get paid to serve people and to solve problems. So when people ask me what I do all week, I really do tell them, I get paid to think. It's been said that pastoring a church or leading at a church is like carrying around two full glasses of water at all times. There is no clock in, there is no clock out. You're thinking about, I'm thinking about this at all times. So when I'm with my kids at my kids wrestling match, I got two glasses of water. They're full. They're, they're, they're full to the brim, and it's constant. But it comes with great blessing and great reward. So it's not just a burden, but it's also a blessing. And uh, we're called to serve people and to solve problems. And so I need a schedule that reflects margin to think. Okay, margin to think. If you're going, 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 you can't think, think, think. And so I sometimes will close my office door. Even today, Pastor Michael walked in on me and I'm laying on the floor on the couch there with, the, with my pillow in my office back here. And I'm just thinking, I'm thinking, okay, what's the most important problem, the most pressing problem that I am called to solve right now, right? That's some of the questions that you should be asking yourselves. Because if not, we'll just go through the motions and we won't even solve problems, we'll just do the production. And the problem is when you do the production, you, you never change. Your church will get suck, stuck in a certain era And we've all met that church that stopped solving problems and just started going through the motions. And I want that, I wanna solve problems all the time. So I need a schedule that reflects that amount of margin. And then the last thing is this, is the hands of the servant. The hands of the servant. We are all servant leaders. And if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. You can't do that. You must be willing to serve must be willing to set up chairs and to tear down chairs and to set up refreshments and tape down cables i had a great time here this past week we took everything off and put everything back on over christmas break and it's it's a joy to be useful with my hands but if my heart is not whole or healed and my mind is not renewed then i will not serve properly with my hands I'll actually abuse my gift if my heart is not whole and my mind is not renewed. That's why when we rush people into serving with their hands but haven't healed their hearts or renewed their minds, what happens is you are releasing volunteers that have yet to go through the process of healing so therefore they don't last long and there's a lot of turnover because they're not healed, they're not renewed, And they're just using their hands at such a superficial level. They're teaching kids about biblical truth without having experienced the healing power of Jesus in their heart or in their mind first. And I'm guilty of it, okay? I've met people that can sing but don't have a healed heart and push them up there and then realize their heart's all jacked up. Their mind's never been renewed and all they are are using their hands. So be careful as to how quickly we onboard someone for the sake of filling in a hole Because if you fill the hole with an evil heart or a non-renewed mind, then you have hands that are willing to serve but not ready to go through the stuff of ministry. And I have hired people with broken hearts and non-renewed minds. Paid them. Biblical resources, kingdom resources, God's money that we all give to this church. I have paid someone who had a broken heart but he had really good hands. Be careful to not fall in love with what you can see without first auditing that which you cannot see as a leader. And I'm guilty, and we're all guilty. Why? Because Sunday comes every six days, and we put a lot of demand on ourselves. There's a lot of cameras to run. There's a lot of instruments to play. There's a lot of kids to watch. It's not like we could press pause for months and not produce any content and just say, we're working on our hearts. But that's what we're going to try to do. With, while still having a service, But what I'm attempting, what I want to do this year is to get all of your hearts in alignment and to say, listen, if you don't push back, if you don't push one more button and you just need your heart to be whole, if you don't sing one more note, if you don't play one more time, if you don't put one more name badge on those kids, find yourself a replacement first, but then (laughs) get get your heart healed. You know, get your heart healed. I need that. We need that. We all need that. Everyone, that's why we don't have church on that last Sunday of the year. I don't know about you, but that heals my heart. It renews my mind. People are like, you're crazy. I'm like, no. People come back renewed because they had a break. But a break sometimes won't just do it. Someone needs to audit their heart. And so Pastor Dave, if you can get with him and go through a healing and freedom session for yourself, if you'd like to do that, or as a church, we're going to be doing a series uh, called How's Your Heart? But I think that it's important that we don't prioritize the hands over the heart. Now, let me just play the devil's advocate for just a second. If all we are are lovey-dovey heart people with minds renewed, but there's no excellence in how we do ministry, we'll never expand the kingdom and preach the gospel. So once your heart is healed, once your mind is renewed, it's time to put your hands to the plow. Well, we've all been in those circles where their minds were full of of truth, but their hands were void of ministry. And so they got a seminary degree, but they've never been a pastor. You know, So they know Greek and Hebrew, but they've never preached a sermon. They've never preached a funeral. They've never done marriage counseling. They've never had to help somebody on the side of the road with a flat tire because the pastor was the only person they could call. And so be careful that you don't fall into the trap of, I'm working on my heart for so long that you're just excusing yourself from the hands, from going, therefore, to all the ends of the earth and being the, the hands and feet of Jesus. Does this make sense? So there's three of them, but what I, I want to make sure is that if I over-equip but never pastor, then I release wounded volunteers, which I just talked about. But if I overthink and never equip, I have a head full of principles but never put them into practice. So what we have to do is make sure that our hearts are healed, our minds are renewed. And then once we've done that, and once you've seen that happen in your team, then my hands can get to work because my hands are ready to work. But if you've ever seen someone working that is not healed, they show up with a bad countenance, they're, they say burned out, it's not burnout, it's not. It's a broken heart. It's not, it's not because we, are you serious, you can't greet? for 15 minutes before and after the service, you're burned out from greeting. Yeah. Nothing, no offense to the greeters, but it's like you don't come to practice on Thursday night. You know, it's like you're, you're not having a technical workshop here on how to press the buttons for being a greeter. You're not burned out from greeting. Your heart is hurting, right? If you're a gifted singer, you don't mind singing three songs on a Sunday, twice maybe, coming to practice. But if your heart isn't right, then you're going to be tired. You don't mind serving on the safety team and and protecting the children and protecting the church, but if your heart isn't right, it's not going to feel good. And so burnout is not the nature of what we demand from you. It's a lack of grace and love and healing on your heart. And I'm pretty sure that we've all felt that at some point. We've like, I need to step back from serving. I wouldn't say that it's probably stepping back from serving as much as it is auditing the condition of your heart. And I've had to do that. I've had to do that a lot lately, especially during COVID, especially losing um, some people in our church, especially making some mistakes in my leadership journey. Um, And I just want you to know that your heart is the most important thing that I am taking personal responsibility for this year. I'm taking personal responsibility for your heart. So I can't pray for the fake version of you. Okay? <laughs> I can't pastor the fake version of you. Oh, everything is great. Everything is fine. We're doing good. Our marriage is fine. I can only pastor the version you present to me. People get up and leave all the time. You didn't care for me. Well, you never told me that you were a suicidal. You never told me that he was hitting you. You never told me that you were drinking that much. I, I, I want to say I got discernment, but I don't have fortune telling abilities. You know, I don't have a tarot card reader. And so, I can't pastor the fake you. I'm not asking you to confess it before the church, but I'm asking you to find someone that you can be real with and say, man, I'm struggling right now with my thought life. I'm struggling right now in my marriage. My finances are messed up. I'm about to kill these kids. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I can't pastor the version that you don't share with me. I can only pastor. Dave can only pastor. Pastor Michael can only pastor. Pastor Sam can only pastor the version of yourself that you share with us. And so if you say I'm struggling financially, I'm gonna try to help you. If you say you're looking for a counselor, we're gonna try to help you. But if we never know, and then you leave and say they never cared for me, we never knew. And I can't tell, the list is long of people who say, I didn't feel cared for. And I'm thinking to myself, well I've messaged and called and reached out and all I've heard was everything is fine, everything is good. And then you disappear. So I just need to know who you. are. I need to know who you are and how I can help. Pastor Michael, Pastor Chris, Pastor Dave. I mean, the the resources of the kingdom are here in ample supply for the leaders of our church. May we always be available for you. May you know that Pastor Chris is here now. Both Pastor Chris is on staff. Like. We are here for the sake of your heart, for the health of your heart. If there's anything I want to be known for is not plastic surgery of a well-produced service, but heart surgery of the deepest kind, brain surgery of the most complicated kind. And once we do heart and brain, then we can work on making sure the transitions are good. Then we can make sure that John plays all the right notes, that the cables are all taped down and that the kids are all watched. But what difference does it make if we have great music but broken hearts. What difference does it make if I preach the paint off the walls, but everyone's heart is broken? Heart, head, hands. All three are needed. They're in order. They have to be in that order. And it's so important. One of the things that we're doing, and I'll close with this. I don't even know what time it is. I've been talking for a while. 7.38. One of the things that we're doing as an elder board uh, after this year is we're doing what's called climate surveys with our staff. Our staff is receiving a third party, think of it as like an HR department, they get a chance to express themselves to someone in an anonymous way so that then that person can gather all the feedback from the staff and present it in a report to me that comes non biased and with no names attached to it. Therefore, I'm not looking at my employees as like that person hates my guts, you know or that person thinks I'm a bad leader, or that person thinks that I'm too hard on them, or my expectations of them are unrealistic. And um, Elder Curvin is doing this for the staff. Once he does this for the staff, I'm believing we're gonna be able to widen the net and even do a similar version for our leaders. That way, you have a safe place to provide heart health, feedback, all of the things. Because what I don't want and what I've been accused of and rightfully so at times is creating some toxicity in the behind the scenes working of my leadership and I just think that that's the entrepreneur in me I don't think I've hate, ever hated anyone I've just always been really keen on advancing the gospel like I've always been super like we're gonna do this no matter what and at the sake of some people's hearts and that's on me and so I ask for forgiveness and in this new year I want to not steamroll people who love this church for the sake of those who haven't found this church, but instead there's gotta be a way where we can reach people that are lost as well as love those who are saved at the same time. So I'm gonna preach the gospel to the lost. I'm gonna shepherd the heart of the Christian. I'm going to expand the mind of the leader and I'm going to, what was the fourth, fifth one? I'm going to equip the hands of the servant. So those are the four things I'm called to you're called to three of the four things. I'm sure you're called to preach the gospel too. But personally, I'm, I'm called to look at that camera and make sure that as many people that don't know Jesus have the hope of Jesus. And um, you're called to do the same. Before we close, any questions, comments, threats, resignations, resignations? Okay, I love you very much. Pastor Dave, will you take us through a 5-minute uh, heart exercise? You got your notes on you, your little your little prayers that you, we repeat after you, things like that. You got that with you? John, you can begin to play John, Dave, Pastor Dave likes it when you do that. Can you can you walk us through a small exercise? If you're not comfortable doing that. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, five minutes for you. Five minutes for you is like you know. I'll give you. I'll give you nine minutes till seven fifty.
1: Just take a deep breath in the presence of King Jesus. Breathe deep. The enemy loves to hold our head under the water. Mm. Mm. We get sucked up under the waves, overwhelmed by the waves of ministry. Mm. Instead of riding the waves, we get sucked under the waves, and as a result, because of all the lives that need to be changed, all the positions that need to be filled, all the hearts that need to come to life, we hold our, our, our head under the water, and we lose breath, and we wonder why we aren't being effective, and why we aren't being, we aren't seeing the results where we potentially could go through the motions and the Father is known as the lifter of your head. Come on. And he's lifting your head above the waves. He's giving you your breath back. He's giving you your breath back. giving Giving you your breath back. Oh, he's giving you giving you your breath back Mm. just rest and receive open up open up wide Father just wants to know, will you let me love you? Will you let me love you? Will you open up your heart wide to receive a fresh deposit of my outrageous love? Giving you your breath back. You were made for that face-to-face. As John sang earlier, that locking of eyes, when I lock eyes with you, I see my reflection. When I lock eyes with you, I feel your affection. We're going to be a a people that get lost in you because you're our obsession. get lost nothing else matters lay your head back and receive all that he wants to deposit all that he wants to deposit Recalibrating of hearts right now in Jesus' name. Shut up, uh, More. Come. Shh. Realigning of hearts right now in Jesus' name. Shh. 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 Just you, just you, God. 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 Creating a new rhythm tonight for your heart to beat to. And that rhythm is that of rest and invest. Rest and invest. Rest and invest. When we hold our head under the water, there's a tendency for us to only invest. But he's recalibrating tonight. She's shifting, he's stirring, he's releasing the freedom. There's a real freedom in learning how to rest and receive, and not do, not strive, not perform, not achieve, not earn. Yeah, come on, Shah, more of that. Yeah, that's that's it, God. That's it right there. That's it right there. More of that. Performance. Shahabah, shikarabashu. More. Yeah, we're, we're. More. More. That's it. More. Rest. There's a freedom to rest for our staff in Jesus' name. Freedom to rest for our leaders. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. More. So we're thinking about our heart as a house full of rooms. And tonight, we want to clean a room of our heart as leaders and so as you just stay in this space of rest we just want to bind performance Um, whether performance has been hanging out um, in the Airbnb of your heart for for weeks or months or years or whether it just stops by for the weekend on occasion um, we we have authority to tell the spirit of performance, where to go, show. And so uh, tonight, uh, we're going to go through a two-step process of uh, ridding any part of our heart from performance. Some things that could go along with that are comparison, competition. Striving, people-pleasing, perfectionism, and workaholism. If any of those things resonated with your heart tonight, we can tell all of those things, any of those things, where to go. And so I'm going to lead you through a two-step process on you finding freedom and you becoming more settled in your heart. In relationship with Jesus, if you just um, repeat this after me, in the name of Jesus, I renounce and break all agreements with the demonic stronghold of performance, including all associated demons of and then I'll let you fill in the blank. If there was one of those that that resonated with your heart as I listed it off, any of those things, you just list it right now, whether it's out loud, under your breath, however you feel comfortable, it's gonna be different for each person. I take authority. Over the demonic stronghold of performance and command this stronghold and all associated demons to leave me now based on the finished work of Christ on the cross and my authority as a believer performance get out right now in Jesus name you can't stay here and you're not welcome here You must leave. You're an unwanted guest. This is private property. Rest reigns here. Presence of God reigns here. Yeah. Joy reigns here. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus, for a breath of fresh air for every heart in this room, every heart that's listening right now. Thank you, Jesus, that we can lean back and let you love us and that we can think, that we can serve from that space of rest. We can think and we can serve from that space of intimate connection. Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. No more. No more will performance have a say in any meeting, any Sunday morning, any uh, any any uh, life group, any ministry session. Thank you, God, for the breaking off of performance. Thank you, God, for releasing sweet sleep and deep rest into Focus Church. Mm. More. we receive sweet sleep and deep rest in our mind in our body and in our spirit thank you for coming in close yeah in Jesus name amen, amen.
0: you feel good since the presence of the Lord here well I want to respect your time thank you for being here tonight uh, we will do this again the third Monday of this month, which is also a holiday. What holiday is it? Is it MLK? We're going to celebrate MLK together. Uh, If it was a travel holiday, I would probably postpone, but I don't see a lot of people going to the lake for MLK. So it is a work day the next day anyway, so it's a normal Monday. Um, So that will be the next time when we gather. Also, if you have a leader in your circle that you could trust within a space like this as you just experienced it's pretty raw it's definitely uh, not sunday morning material if you have someone who you feel their heart is ready or their mind is ready you can invite them Uh, we'll open this up to that but just filter it right we don't want uh just anyone around the the most influential table on a sunday morning it's it needs to be vetted but i trust you with that And if you have someone that might have missed tonight that you know of, we're going to be repeating similar content in Apex next Monday. And so um, if they missed first service, they can get second service, right, Uh, next Monday. And then we'll do Apex second and fourth, and we'll do East first and third. And every week it'll change, and we'll continue to expand. As our hearts get healed and our minds get renewed, then we can get into the nitty-gritty of how do we execute the vision. But I didn't want to execute the vision with a broken heart. You know, I've done that, and it doesn't turn out well. But once our heart is healed and our minds are renewed, we can execute a vision. And if healing hearts is Dave's wheelhouse, executing a vision is Pastor Mike's wheelhouse. And so I'm trying to dial it back and, and be, be very sensitive to the Spirit. But when you're ready, and when I'm ready will attack this thing, and the devil will be scared, trembling. He's scared already. He's really not scared of a fake church. He's scared of a healed church, right? He's really not scared of a fake leader, performance-based, but he's really scared of a healed heart because he knows that nothing can stop it. So I love you. God bless you. Uh, Drive safe as you drive home tonight. Please take those refreshments. Those M&Ms will end up in my office, and I do not want that. And if not, please hide them. One of the staff members will hide them from me because the devil is a liar. Get behind me. So I I love you guys very much. Um, So grateful for you. Thank you for being here tonight. And I'm here to help you and I'm here to serve you. So uh, did I miss anything? Okay. Love you guys so much. We're going to clap it out. Pastor Ed says, one, two, three, clap. Okay, one, two, three. That's it. That's how he ends every meeting.